And welcome to the Mommy and Me podcast. So today we have a very exciting guest with us, Ubabawami Undosi. And can I say your name just for introduction? <laughs> just to, <laughs> you know, you have to be respectful and all of that. Okay, so usually it's it's kind of awkward to talk about how amazing your parents are and all the things that they've done because it comes off as if you're boasting but today as i introduce you i think it's okay for me to sing your praises a little bit i'm just going to read a little piece of the bio if you want to check out the rest of ubaba's bio you will find it on the mommy double m nami double i page on instagram and we've got a little bio posted there for you. But just to, to give you a little bit of an indication of who we seated here with today, I say Ubaba Wami, let me clarify this actually. <laughs> just for those of you that um, are not, not close, which means my father's younger brother. And yeah, I call him dad. You'll hear me in the show, Ubaba, because, you know, that's just how we say it. I can't really translate it into English because then it's, uncle and uncle is something else so i translate uncle is my brother is is malum exactly yes, it's so your mother's brother i'm not sure how to make it english so we're not gonna even try we don't need to so yeah that's what i mean by ubaba, ubaba so ubaba is a serial entrepreneur with a long history in corporate you've occupied multiple executive level positions in south africa and top companies here in south africa or absa or standard bank or Standlib, or liberty the list goes on and on you also went to uct so we're both uct alumni all three of us all three of us <laughs> gang gang ubaba <laughs> <laughs> got his bachelor's degree in social science and industry sociology and organizational psychology organizational psychology and then you did your honors after that. And then you did an MBA after that. And then you also did your global executive development program, the e, the GEDP. Yeah. And you did those ones at Gibbs. So yeah, long educational history. And then nine foot now. <laughs> you sit on multiple boards, right? From the city of Joburg to the National Empowerment Fund. And you're working with recruitment. You've got a vodka brand. You are in capital raising business, financial services, basically. And you're getting into gaming. So, Jay, the list goes on and on. I'm very proud of you, Dad. You're doing amazing. You're such a great example, which is it's special to have. It's so close, you know. I get to come home and talk to you and ask you questions about life and what to do in my career. So I'm very blessed. But thank you for honoring us with your presence so that we can bless more, you know. Okay. So welcome. Yes, my guy. You're allowed to also greet the listeners. <laughs> Your daughter is very excited to have you. And she's just going to go on and on. So welcome. No, thank you. Thank you so much for this wonderful welcome. I mean, I think you got the bio right. Uh, and hello to the listeners. Yeah, looking forward to having this conversation with you. But I'm also hoping that you guys would find it a little bit beneficial for you to hear a little bit of what I'm 
I'm about to answer. Yeah. What I'm about to put on the table. Thank yeah. You. Wisdom. A bit of wisdom. wisdom. We said we're getting practical this season. Yes, we are getting practical. Still in a discussion format. So, you know, it's very relaxed in studio today. But we want to know the exact steps on how to to make it in this economy. So, you are from Durban, you're from Mlazi, so hot shots was a goalie. Come from humble beginnings. Tell us about when he was okay, Ubabu. I don't know what to say. I don't know if I can address you. I'm give you permission. Okay, just, for just today. Call by Thank name you. today. Okay. Yeah. So Usfi when he was growing up in a 12, what was he looking at as kind of inspiration? What were those those figures or moments that made you feel like, yeah, one day, Angizu Balan, he's over somewhere else. Yeah, so it's, it's a very interesting one because I, look, I'm the last born of five mm. uh, within our own small, smallish, I'm saying immediate family. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so, but being the last born, you realize what your siblings mm. have done or are on their way of doing quite a number of things yeah i mean the age difference between myself <clears throat> and my brother the one that i come after it's about eight years yeah so which then meant you know when i was at a high school mm-hmm. he was probably working already yeah so so and again i mean it's a so one brother of mine is a is an accountant and ca the other one was the it environment mm-hmm. uh, having occupied uh, you know quite a senior roles uh, partnership roles in, in a management consulting firm with what other people or other siblings who are also in different industries. Yeah. Now, growing up, and I'll give you the two phases. One is I was actually looking at my sibling and saying, one day I want us to, to work on something together. Yeah. I, in my dream, I always had this vision of a high-rise building Mm-hmm. Uh, that's made of glass where we'll have our own headquarters yeah. as one. But going back to who we were and where we came from, we came from a family of entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know, when I was, when I was you know, in 1983, that's how old I am, mm-hmm. when I went into grade one, okay. my, my parents had their own businesses. My mom was running her own businesses. My father was running her own businesses. Mm-hmm. And what it meant is, I mean, as early as in, in grade one, I'll come back from school and go straight to the shops mm-hmm. and be with my parents until they close the shops, mm-hmm. which then meant that's where, that's who I, that's how I grew up. Yeah. I grew up in, in shops. Mm-hmm. So, so you can imagine that, I mean, a year, I mean, probably one will say, are entrepreneurs born or are they taught? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, is I, I was born with the genes of entrepreneurship. But you always need a place to practice yeah. that because you can have the gene, but if you don't do anything, yeah. nothing happens. So I actually grew up in the environment until the point where, you know, I went to high school, high school again, again, you go to school, you come back, you go to the shops until they close. Yeah. So, so to a point where my parents ended up sending me to boarding school, that was the practice at home. They'll send you to boarding school because it wouldn't be easy for one to complete matric while staying at home because all you do is work. Yeah. So, but the same thing happened. So <laughs> I went to, I went to boarding school. Uh, when the schools closed, I'll go back home. And the first thing that I do, 
you go straight to work. Yeah, you spun until you know until the time where you need to go back to school. Yeah, Pumzil. That was his other name. <coughs> when he comes back from school, Ukoko used to call him Pumzil. That's why he feels on I'm sure that also helped your your maths abilities having to handle money from that age. Yeah, I mean, I was I was I was playing on a till when I was I mean probably I'll say 15. Yeah. And and all and about that. So it wasn't just being in the shop, but I mean, I keep on saying that I learned to drive very early mm. because we needed to go and order stuff for the shops. Yeah. So I'll drive to different places, do that. I mean, I'll drive, you know, the vans, parkies, mm. you know, at a very, very early age. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. So I was also saying that even when I was at varsity, yeah. the same thing applies. Mm. I'll go to varsity, come back, go to the shops and work. So, so when I... As I was growing up, I knew that one day I'm destined to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. I knew that, you know, whatever that I'm doing, uh, me going to school, going to varsity, I'm basically going there to get theory and knowledge yeah. to be able to take what I would have learned before, yeah. uh, put it together and help me take myself into into the future. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> yeah. So when you were in, in varsity, was it like, okay, because, you know, I know for myself, even going to varsity, a lot of us go, nowadays, we go for our parents, right? We, we get a degree for you, the, the, that your parents want or one that your parents feel is, is yeah. enough degree, you know? So in your mind, knowing that you were going to end up as an entrepreneur, did you have that split? You would say, okay, and then I'm going to leave this and do my own thing. Or had you figured out how it how it all comes together? Yeah, see, I think I was a bit fo- fortunate. I mean, number one, the, the, let's face the fact that being the last born, mm. it means your parents most of the time are tired yeah. of imposing their decisions True. on people. Yeah. So, so when, <laughs> so and 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 another thing is that probably again I come from a very fortunate family mm. where. They, they never impose on anyone to be anything. Mm. Probably they might have done with that that with the firstborn because firstborns normally get the mistakes. But I think with the rest of the, my siblings, they never imposed on mm. who needs to do what. Now, again, remember what I said to you earlier, that in my mind, my vision was that we'll have a business together with my siblings, right. which means I need to balance whatever that I'm, what I'm studying. You know, mm. I wanted to be a CA, by the way. Let me just start there. Okay. So when I went to varsity, I went to Duke Econ Accounting. Yeah. yeah. And circumstances, I'm saying, I think people must know, uh, you know, about these things. Yeah. Is I was, I was, I managed to actually pass everything. But one thing that kept on uh, holding you back, holding you back was accounting. Mm. Me, me too, by the way. I even had a bursary for CA and also just held back by accounting and yeah. went on to major in economics. So I get you. Yeah. So it helped me back to a point where, you know, I ended up switching off to, over to social sciences. Mm. And, but, but it's amazing because, so if you look at, so my brother was already a CA, he was already in the accounting field. Mm. So I wanted to be like him. I'm saying I wanted to, but, 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 but God does things differently. Okay. So the other one was in IT, you know, management consulting, et cetera. The other one was CA, but I wanted to go in there. But God said, no, 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 dude, that's not where I want you to be. Mm-hmm. So I then did one course in HR and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, that's why I ended up doing the social psychology and economics of yeah. because, because I think one, God wanted me to go that direction, to balance the equation, to balance the, the number of kind of, call it, 
uh, areas yes. of specialty, specialty that you have between myself and my brothers. Yeah. But again, I guess it wasn't just about me, the dream of myself and my brothers, but it was also where else will I be able to progress yeah. as well as I did? Mm. Because I think now, thinking about it, I'm not a I'm not a left brain kind of a person. I'm not a right brain kind of a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as in high school, very yellow, <laughs> very creative, <laughs> very social. <laughs> as, as much as I did maths, science at high school, uh, and I went to university without any accounting, whatever. Mm. Uh, but I just think that uh, I wasn't going to enjoy my career in, mm. in those in those fields. Mm. I needed to be with people. I needed to. You know, understand how people tick. Mm. I needed to understand, you know, how to go about networking and connecting with people and making mm. people happy and making sure that they're engaged, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, stuff that you get from an Asian environment. Mm. I think it's important that you. I'm. I'm glad you brought that up because I think sometimes as the youth we look at idols or people that role models. Role models. Thank you. We look at our role models and we think that they haven't gone through some of the things that we're experiencing now, whether it's failed courses, whether it's, you know, not being able to show up at school, you know, right now in terms of sometimes you have to take a leave of absence and this and that, you know, just those things that happen along the journey. We forget that the people that we look up to actually do go through, did go through those things. And those are the things that got them to that place where we now idolize them or or look up to them. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think just what I'm hearing Ubabsfiso saying in this regard is that though he had the dream to be entrepreneurial, mm. always was there, raised, brought up in an entrepreneurial environment, he nonetheless did, you know, never decided not to go the route of actually getting formal education. Yeah, and but I mean, you didn't really have a choice. Our <laughs> were very much no, but I'm, go I'm, to school. They were yeah, but I'm I'm not hearing that it was under duress. I'm mm-hmm. hearing that he understood that he needed that that kind of background, that formal background mm-hmm. of number one formal schooling. Also, number two, the corporate experience. Although he always, and I think that dream still stands, eh? I hope. No, no, no. (laughs) We're still going there. But I think what I'm saying to the youth is that a lot of the time we've sometimes pushed the whole entrepreneurial stance and the youth don't always understand the necessary formal building blocks that do need to be put in place. I'm I'm hearing you say that. I I just believe that in anything that you do, everything has got a foundation. Okay. Yeah. And I think, and I think the narrative that's been pushed around, uh, around entrepreneurship, can be misleading a bit. Okay. Because you don't start as an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, there, there are a number of things that you need to learn. So one is, I really believe that formal, you know, education is important mm. because it helps you with how to think. Okay. Okay. It helps you uh, to be able to see things as they are. It helps you to be able to analyze things as they come through to you. But 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 then it's not just education that you need. For me, it's also you need experience. Yeah. Okay. So you'll find that a person will say, okay, now that I now give you a nice example. So you do a, a course called HR management. <clears throat> and then you think it's about management. And you think, okay, when I leave here, I'm I'm ready to be a manager. It's not true. Because education management, it's it, 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 it's just basics. 
mm. uh, on what the human resources element is. You go through an experience for you to become a manager. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that I needed to go to a corporate environment uh, so that I can understand what this thing is about. Uh, I understand the people that I work with. I understand how to deal with people. I understand the technical element of what I learned. And, and again, I keep on saying this, you go to a corporate environment to steal as much as you can. And I'm saying, I'm using the word steal, but I'm saying that to absorb and take as much as you can. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Learn as much as you learn. Yeah. But, but you learn the do's and don'ts. You cannot just suddenly become a good entrepreneur without knowing the small things. I mean, I was using an example when I was talking to someone else to say, probably the theory that you'll say, when you are fixing, let's look at it, a mechanical engineer. When you are fixing a, a car, the battery problem, you actually don't know what spanner number you need to open up the battery. Yeah. But the people who are experienced will tell you straight away that it's a 13. Mm. So I'm saying, yes, we've got all ideas and, and, and that's what we need to have. We need to have, uh, you know, you know, business ideas, et cetera, et cetera. But you need to refine those somewhere mm. before you get them to implementation. So, so, so that's why, that's why I had to go through whatever that I went. I do believe though that I have overstayed my welcome in the corporate environment mm. because, because I needed to make the transition quicker. So, now, yeah. now not everyone, my view, again, not everyone uh, is, is an entrepreneur. Okay. In the same way that not everyone is a corporate kind of animal. Mm. Uh, but, but you just need to go through a process where you're trying to question yourself and find what you're passionate about before you, you say. I mean, I've known people who've actually been in the corporate environment and they've done very well in it. You take them out of the corporate environment, they fail. But I've also known people who were not so good in the corporate environment, you take them to entrepreneur, and they and you see they become different. Yeah. They become different people, they think differently. Mm. They 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 get to inspire themselves. I mean they draw their energies differently to where they used to draw their energies before. You know, you know, what you're talking about is something that I had to prepare for as well. So so I remember I think back in twenty seventeen, because by the way, there are other entrepreneurial things that I did while I was still employed. Yeah. So I did so many things and I I mean we 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 had Uber cars, we had a number of Uber mm. cars. Uh, <clears throat> we 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 owned a Capella restaurant in Covenant Square. I saw that in your LinkedIn and I was like, hey, whoa. <laughs> when was uh, this? Actually, I did that, I think, when I was uh, still at APSA some time ago. 27, 2007, 2007 2009. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So we did those things while we were in a corporate. And by the way, so it actually checks it's exactly to what you're saying now that if it went well, uh, I would have jumped immediately into that, but it didn't, okay? Mm. Uh, and again, it wasn't going to sustain myself and my and my young family. Mm. Now, now, fast forward to a time where uh, around 2017, we started other conversations about the current businesses that I'm in now. Yeah. And in 2017, 2018, I only jumped in 2020, yeah. if you think about it, because we needed to make sure that, I mean, we, our kids are still young, but we needed to make sure that nothing falls off the moment I decide to jump. So, so, but normally when you speak to people, they'll say to you, or people who've done these things before, they'll say, at least when you leave, you must have saved uh, between yeah. for 18 months to 24 months salary. Uh, yeah. salary. Okay. 
and and I guess uh, well, I'm saying I'm saying when you speak to people, they'll say, okay, at least make sure that you've got something that can sustain you yeah. for for eighteen to twenty four months. So and I and I, I I guess I listened, but I said to myself, let me find something that's going to sustain you for at least twelve months. Yeah, and then I made sure that when I had that, then I then decided to jump. Right. Yeah. So so I guess what I'm saying is that you need to think of. Uh, your current situation mm. before you make a jump. Right. There are people who are forced into entrepreneurship. Let's just agree on that. Yes. Uh, especially if they are not finding jobs, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But I think if you are fortunate enough to be in a position where you can plan your exit, do it properly. Others, uh, and again, for me, uh, another way of actually doing it properly is you've got your nine to five. Yeah. But... You've got uh, your five to nine. Exactly. Exactly. Those are productive hours that you could have in building what you need to build yeah. uh, before you, and then make sure that it can sustain you before you jump. But how do you make sure, how do you avoid burnouts in trying to juggle both the corporate and the, the, nine to, the, no, the five sure, to nine? I'm not sure if the word is avoiding. Okay. Know? But for me, it, it's actually to say, how long can you tolerate that burnout? You know, so, mm. so I, I, I just feel that you cannot avoid being tired yeah. You cannot afford, avoid, you know, going through a situation where uh, things are bigger than what they're supposed to be. But I normally say it's the same thing as saying, all right, how long am I willing to wait until my businesses do well before I decide to go back to the corporate if I need to? Yeah. So what I'm saying is that you just need to stomach it for as long as possible until you get to a point where, where, where you know. And again, there are things that you shouldn't be doing by yourself. In the businesses that I'm in, and I'm probably let's say, they, there's always someone that I've partnered with. Mm-hmm. I don't do things alone, yeah. mainly because I don't think I know everything. Yeah. That's one. But another one is you always have someone who's going to fit in for you when mm-hmm. you are not able to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this businesses that I'm in, one day uh, or in another business, you find that I'm, I'm not the CEO. Yeah. I'm just one of the partners. I'm just one of the employees. Uh, in another one, you find that uh, I find myself going, you know, with a vodka one. Yeah. I'll go out and and I'll be picking up cases and whatever. Yeah. In another one, I'm sitting and I'm wearing a tie. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm saying uh, is, and again, you know, the variety in your life, uh, you know, it brings a different dimension of you. So you, the burnout that you are talking about, I don't have it yet because mm. I know that I can I can depend on a number of people who are working with me. I mean, I'll give an example. The one, the 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 recruitment business that that that, that I have, because I'm realizing that probably now I'm spending more time in the gaming business. Yeah. What I've decided to do is to bring in someone full time as the CEO of the business who's going to run that thing, mm. and I get it whenever I need to. So, so and again, people will say, "But when do you sleep? Mm. You sleep. Mm. You find time mm. to sleep. Yeah. But as long as you've planned your things accordingly, mm. and probably that's where education comes." Or the fact that I would have been in the corporate because I've learned on how to balance things, mm, how to absolutely. how to delegate, how to mm. you know that that's yeah. what you just get to. Mm. Yeah. And I think also to add to what Bob Suisse was saying and what you are asking for the youth mm. is that you know that transitioning from the nine to five 
-hmm. but also doing your after hours business. You Mm -hmm. called it the five to nine. Yeah. Yeah. And still having a family. Like I look at the people that I work with and I'm like, how do you deal with all of this and then still go talk to children and be, yeah. Yeah. So I think though there is a lot of room that we are almost abusing. And I'm saying that with tongue in cheek, but I just think in the digital age, there is a lot of time that is sometimes abused that could be used very, very productively mm. to actually run those businesses. I mean, the youth out there must honestly, I mean, th- that is why I do less social media because I just am, I'm like you saying, where do you find the time to go and be a mom? I'm like, where do you find the time to be so much on Facebook? Uh, you know, me often mm. I'll be like, I probably don't want to find the friends that I've lost because I just don't have space for them in my life. Mm-hmm. So, right, Bella, there's a reason why mm-hmm. Bella. So, I'm just saying, Sri our youth do need to be better, more advanced with our time, correct, mm-hmm. and 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 be more accountable yeah. with the amount of time because, especially in the digital age, there's so much you can do digitally, yeah, on digital platforms in terms of businesses mm-hmm. and really work. Mm. after the you know the the formal business day yeah mm. that's true because i mean we have all these apps that count our screen time uh, and, yes. but what do we do with that with that information are we actually making concerted efforts to cut down on time someone was telling me the other day that they took talk time is six hours a day oh. that is an that's entire a full day work day absolutely <laughs> absolutely and, and even if you cut it down to three hours that's three hours that you could be doing something else absolutely there's this new industry called the gig the gig economy where it is such a vibrant space to do work over and above your nine to five you can be i mean south african english for example is excellent if the whole world wants it you can be teaching Mm. you can be doing all sorts of things so i'm just saying this entrepreneurial space for me always says it's being industrious yeah and being what we're talking to better utilization of our time yeah. speaks so, to exactly so, so, that. So, so let me give another example of time. Probably it's not specifically in the entrepreneurial space, but, you know, in the in one of the organizations that I worked for just before I got into the entrepreneurial space was, um, so we we used to travel, but what we decided to do is during, so so we ended up buying this Vienna, uh, you know. Like a combi. A combi. Yeah. yeah. And, but we normally had excos that were taking three hours. Mm. Then what you say to do is that as we're traveling to those places we never excos in those. So so now there's no need to have another exco because you did it while we were traveling. Yeah. All of us are in this combi. And we're having the meetings that we needed to have. Rather than waste the time. You know, in twenty in twenty ten, I remember having you. How old were you in twenty ten, Kumbo? I was thirteen. Exactly. So I was still doing the mommy runs, you know, the that combi run, literally, with all my four children in the car. But I was actually doing translations for the World Cup sites, websites. What? No, no, I didn't know that. <laughs> 
when were you doing this? So whilst I'm sitting watching a child, you know, play this sport, do this activity extramural, I'm literally sitting with my laptop doing translations mm. into Zulu mm. for the World Cup. We were doing, because my husband is in ICT, yeah. so we were looking after the websites that were being created yeah. for the so World Cup. We were and we were doing French, so we were a team. Uh-huh. So I wasn't working alone. Uh-huh. So, But we were looking up, we were doing uh-huh. three, so I wasn't Portuguese, uh-huh. French, and Zulu, mm-hmm. translating the websites into yeah. those languages. Just saying, there is just so much, so many ways of being more productive. Yeah. Also, utilizing your gadgets mm-hmm. for business. I used to say when I was at the Durban Chambers, you know, SMMEs all have smartphones, but they'll say we don't have access to banking. We don't have access to research. Yeah. We just need to. Yeah, absolutely. Everything is here. Um, And there's one thing that you said before, just on on that point of utilizing your gadgets, utilizing any of the resources that you have around you. I think Miles Monroe also speaks about this, the the opportunity that we have to steward the resources that we have, where let's say, for example, yeah, you live a nine to five. I mean, you work a nine to five, but at your place, you have a perfectly functioning oven that's not working during mm. the day. How, how much does it cost? Two fifty not probably working a day, day, like the standard rate these days, for Ruandi <coughs> to come in, no stress, to come in and bake while you're at work. You pay her labor, mm. and then you've got kind of a, a business that's flowing. So And you've got a marketplace at work. So the, the, the baked yep. goodies you take to work and sell to your colleagues the next exactly. day. Exactly. Wow. So, 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 so remember when I was, you know, uh, when I was saying growing up, uh, I used to do, you know, the shops and the family. So I remember, do you know those pies that that they should make pies on Mokwinya, but there's pies with something inside. Yeah. Yeah. So so my mom uh, would make me those and I'll take them to school. Mm. And then I went there one day with someone and they started buying those things. So I ended up, you know, going back home, making those things, taking back to school the following day. So that's how that's yeah. how small biz- businesses yeah. start like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and and businesses, to be honest, you don't have to plan. Uh, there are so many things that are happening around us, but that if we open our eyes, mm. we'll see those opportunities. Mm. We shouldn't be going for everything that everybody else is doing. Your opportunities will Absolutely. come only if you open your eyes. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the the learnings from your from your formal education and corporate will allow you to actually clean it up, package it, and even scale it. Yes. Without that, it remains just a... Correct. A small anyana, you know, thing. But by yeah. the way, again, I know probably now I'm saying much, but one thing that I've, that I've, that I've realized, especially about our businesses in, in the location uh, where we come from, is we never corporatize those businesses. And the only reason why we don't is because we don't know how to. So, so the skills that you get from the corporate of say, okay, HR does one, two, and three. Okay, cool. All right, the finance piece, they do one, two, and three, and whatever. And you put all those things together. That's how you corporatize the business, mm. by putting together all those elements. But, Compartmentalize. Yeah, where, but where we come from, uh, you find that my dad is the, the owner and he's the one who orders and the one who does that, and he doesn't transfer the skills. To, that's why the businesses that we have will come from don't grow, because they never get corporatized. Okay, this conversation I think could go on forever because right now we feel like we are in the living room. But (laughs) before we close off for today, there's just questions that we've gotten from the listeners on the 
Instagram page. The first one says, three industries you Baba believe will see exponential growth in South Africa over the next 20 years. I, I don't know, probably, as I look in, in, in this, I, I know the industries that used to be a bit powerful, mm. but, but we're different to where the world finds mm. itself. Mm. So but, for me, the manufacturing industry, I really still think that there's a lot that we need to, need to tap into yeah. to make sure that, yeah, that's one. The second one is the agricultural industry. Mm. I mean, again, I keep on saying, if uh, I were to be that parent, dictates on what the child needs to do. Yeah. I would have sent to start agriculture. <laughs> people's people's food will always be food. Yeah. Always we'll be food. always need it. <laughs> yeah. But another one, the obvious one is the call it the social media industry or whatever. That one, that one, you know. I mean, we are changing or the changes are being forced on us. Mm. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's just happening globally and South Africa is gonna do the same too. And when you say social media industry, do you mean social media or do you mean digital? No, sorry, digital. Yeah. Digital. So that includes digital. even your gaming your gaming yeah. things. Wire related, et cetera, mm. et cetera. Yeah. And premised on connectivity. So you know that we are in, <coughs> in the whole fiber business. So premising all of that is just being connected. Yeah. Awesome. Another question is how important is it? Can I add one more industry? Water. He spoke about agri, but mm. with agri goes water. So mm. water is absolutely critical. Mm. And of course, energy. Yeah. Because without energy, you are doomed. Yeah, none none of the others <laughs> work. Right now. Yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. Okay. How do I judge when to charge more for my services? For whatever that you need to do, there's your research your your target market, you research the industry. I'll give an example. In the gaming industry, where I said we are going into, before we research what kind of games people are looking for, but we also research what kind of... So through through uh, what you call this the, the focus groups, you get to understand how much people are willing to pay for the ticket. Yeah. So so I'm saying it, it it should goes with that. But again, you just look at the market, you look at your competition, you look at your 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 competing products, how much they are, and you identify your target market and you understand how much your target market is willing to pay. That's what this is true about. Just to mention something Ubab Sviso spoke about earlier, he spoke about the whole notion of leaning in and mm -hmm. being part of, of partners and just not working alone. And I think I immediately went to that whole story when Jesus met the disciples that were fishing, the sons of Zebedee, and how Jesus came into their business, which mm. was in the fishing industry. Yeah. And his entry and intervention brought a whole lot of success. You know, he tells them to launch further out and then they're catching so much fish and their boats are breaking. Mm. But you know, tying that, do you know what happened there? They had to call the others, the other boats that were around to come and also help Take them. some of the fish. Absolutely. So in my, and then I remember there was a question around associations. Mm. And just to really come back to the partnership notions, but also to belong to formal association, industry-specific associations, but also the more generic, like chambers of commerce, mm -hmm. And other associations. So just to highlight that for the youth that don't go it alone, lean in, whether it's into partners, 
whether it's into other associations that you can belong to, mm -hmm. which, you know, you can share learnings and research network. and network. Network. He's a guru of network, by the mm -hmm. way. That asset. And that's something that us as Africans do naturally. So bringing that into business and not kind of shutting away from the people that are around you that can actually be contributing towards your success and vice versa. But again, as Africans, we also do it negatively. Absolutely. Because, because at times you just want to go, especially in this day and age, you, you, you want to be the best person, uh, but without bringing others. Yeah. So let's change that, that mentality. Yeah, let's just, just bring in as many people as possible in whatever. I mean, diversity is key. And so I think we've been set up against each other in terms of our history. You know, the whole notion of the, can I say, house nigger. How how the systems, <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> you know how the systems set us to always be competing against each other, sometimes to our own detriment and not being able to collaborate. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I'm hearing. And we need to break that particular practice that we have. Yeah. All right, some very, very insightful. inspiring and insightful pearls of wisdom from Baba. Thank you so much for coming onto the show, Baba. Thank you, thank you. It's really been, it's been a pleasure and I can't wait to hear. It's also just like, it's, it feels really cool that one day we're going to be able to like, have a recording of a conversation that we had when I was 25, you know? <laughs> so yeah, this is a very cute moment yeah. and I appreciate you guys both for being here. Mm, and I thank you very much, Ndorsi, for coming. And I hope it's not the first and last. Well, it is the first. I hope it's not the last. Yes. No, because definitely. there's a whole lot more learnings that mm -hmm. our youth can benefit from your experience and just your authenticity. Is that right? Yes, that is Being, you know, You know, Ndorsi, people don't want to share their falls along the way to say we tried this didn't happen and we tried again and I think we need to in fact Calvin was the one who said that just the other day and said we really need to be authentic with our youth so that they know that they can still get up and carry on yeah thank, thank you so, so much for your time no thank you very much all the best to you listeners yeah the sky's the limit for you just keep going. Thank Just you. Just keep going. Trust the process. We will catch you on the next episode of Mommy and Me. Make sure that you follow us on our socials, Mommy double M, Nami double I, and we'll catch you next time. Stay blessed.